From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome to the big event and welcome back, Heather Knight. Good to be back. Yeah, good to have you back. We've got a lot going on today. We're here to pay tribute to The Rock. We have a movie night coming up for that, but we actually have another fun Total SF project to talk about. Yes, listeners from um, a previous episode will know that we are looking at the 49-mile drive and how to make it better. So on September 4th, we have a date now. Peter and I will be... um, Walking, biking, busing, other Rick, rickshawing, <laughs> roller don't skates cars. might be involved. Yes, yeah. the whole 49 miles to see um, exactly what needs improving. And then we will do a 49-mile makeover and make a better route and solicit your input. Yeah, we've had like 67 meetings about this <laughs> since the last podcast. At least 49. Getting a lot of momentum. We've been getting a lot of feedback, a lot of fun stuff coming up. And you'll hear more and more and more as this project goes along. But really excited for September 4th. Um, check out our social media feeds. Yes, we'll be on Twitter and Instagram. On Instagram, we're newer there, but we're getting the hang of it. We're at Peter Hartlob SF and Heather Knight SF. Yeah. Follow the hashtags Total SF and 49 Mile Makeover. Yeah, so I'm very excited about that. But first, we're burying ourselves in The Rock, a 1996 action movie starring Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery, shot in San Francisco and on Alcatraz. Here's a clip. There's a hostage situation on Alcatraz. Hostage, 81 tourist. The Rock's a tourist attraction. The one you train to defend you becomes your greatest threat. A battery of VX gas rockets is presently deployed to deliver a highly lethal strike on the population of the San Francisco Bay Area. And the one you abandon becomes your only hope. You go talk to him. Me? Yeah. Hiya. I'm an agent with the uh, FBI. I'm Stanley Goodspeed. But of course you are. At least he got his name right. Now, all that stands between a city and a disaster. The power of this chemical is way beyond anything you can imagine. That's where you're coming with us. Is a man who's never seen combat. You're a chemical freak. <laughs> I'm a chemical super freak, actually. And another who's been out of action for 30 years. Show us on the blueprints. I can't. My blueprint was in my head. Heather, I can't wait for this movie screening after So I Married an Axe Murderer, <laughs> which was so much fun. This is our sequel, uh, September 26th. Yep, 7 o'clock at the Balboa. Tickets are available now, and they're selling fast, so grab yours while you can. They're at um, cinemasf.com slash Balboa. Yeah, and we have... Audrey Cooper joining us today Mm -hmm. to pay tribute to The Rock. Not quite as big of a fan as we are, but I think we convinced her. We're going to turn her. Yeah, we're going to turn her. (laughs) We're your concierge for culture in the Bay Area. I'm Peter Hartlob, and this is The Big Event. Welcome back to The Big Event. Heather Knight and Audrey Cooper. Thank you. Hello. Here for The Rock. Yes. Yeah, tribute to The Rock. Tribute? Are we? Do, do we like this movie? We're showing it on September 26th. We and love telling it. People Buy to tickets. Go. Yeah. Audrey, you're I, silent. I still don't know. I can't, I, I still have not decided whether I think it's awesomely bad or horribly bad. So I, I'm still a little out on it. But there's definitely a little bit of bad to it. 
we have about 34 minutes to figure that out. So um, <laughs> Maybe we'll, I'll be convinced by the end. We'll get you there at the end. Um, Sean Connery, I just, I want to talk a lot about Sean Connery through this. Who doesn't? Um, I've got a couple Sean Connery tribute questions, and I thought instead of the normal kind of opener, where'd you see the movie? Did you like it when you saw it? I thought we'd just real, really hone in on the Sean Connery-ness <laughs> of The Rock. And I wanted to ask, favorite Sean Connery movie of all time, Heather Knight, go. Any of the James Bond movies that he was in. He was definitely the best James Bond. My husband is British and is obsessed with James Bond and watches all of them over and over again. And I love it when the Sean Connery ones are on. Very handsome. Okay. I mean, you just Dashing. named like 12 <laughs> movies. You're gonna I don't include, have a favorite. They're all exactly the same. Never say never again. Sure. All of them? All of them. All of them. There's like 20, though, <laughs> that he was in. They're all the same. I looked up the list of Sean Connery movies just to make sure of my answer to this. And there were years where he did, he released like five movies. And half of them were James Bond <laughs> movies. I mean, there were a lot of Sean Connery movies. And clearly the right answer is not any of the James Bond ones, but The Hunt for Red October. Yeah, that's. I'm sorry, Heather. I was Hunt for Red October <laughs> outvoted or, or The Untouchables. Um, no. Nope. So I'm going to go with The Untouchables. Hunt for Red October. What are your what are what do you like about it the most? I remember my dad was obsessed with submarines and, and things, and Sean Connery and uh, Alec Baldwin were so awesome in it, and it was the first time I like understood that. Like the bad guys to America were maybe not always bad guys. I I had not a very sophisticated understanding of international relations at the time. And I think the hunt for Red October really informed my (laughs) my political beliefs at the time. I'm with you on that. I saw it and I was at a stage in my life where I was watching just like Star Wars stuff and Raiders of the Lost Ark. And there's very little shooting. I think there's one scene where they're running around and somebody's got a handgun. But it's all kind of strategic and um, there's a lot of politics involved. I just felt really, really smart walking away from that theater when I was 16 or whatever. So I'm with you there. I'm going to go with The Untouchables, though. Um, I I wish Mick LaSalle was here because he has a really good Sean Connery accent. (laughs) But, you know, they pull a knife, you pull a gun, they send one of yours to the hospital, you send one of theirs to the morgue. I mean, I just (laughs) love him in that. That's his, uh, that's his best movie. Um, cool. We got a Sean Connery tribute later. I really like question number two, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the history of The Rock, which um, was announced to San Francisco citizens in a Herb Kane column, oh. which is really surprising because it was actually one of his very last columns. So Nicolas Cage is the first guy cast for The Rock. They don't know who else is gonna fill out the roles. Um, And then all the stars (laughs) flooded in after that. Come on. Well, this is Jerry Bruckheimer. I mean, this is like right before Con Air. This is getting in the peak Bruckheimer. So this is going to be a big movie coming. Immediately, San Francisco becomes San Francisco. Um, There's a lot of questions about where they can shoot and where they can't shoot. Um, City Hall got really upset about the fact that they were going to maybe understandably blow up a cable car (laughs) and uh, initially... City Hall was not going to cooperate with that. So they had to actually build their own Hollywood cable car and through some negotiations were actually allowed to use the real tracks but had to build their fake cable car. Um, Probably my favorite reporting on this by Sam Whiting and Ruth Stein was on the Hollywood premiere for The Rock, which was on Alcatraz. 
Um, during the movie, they're bringing people back and forth on the red and white fleet. Like the cast and the crew had to come on the red and white fleet like a tourist. But for this party, they brought like Winnebago-sized crates on barges to set up a movie screen for 500 people. San Francisco becomes San Francisco again. And um, they, they had have, to do it outside. They had to, Well, they were going to do it on the West End, but there was an endangered gull and um, heron population there. So they had to move the screening. That's very San Francisco. <laughs> very San Francisco. And then you had everybody fighting to go to the screening. Chronicle, Go Chronicle Marketing had a contest to get two Chronicle readers, two Chronicle subscribers who got to go to The Rock. I think that's abusive to the subscribers myself. <laughs> We're much nicer to our subscribers nowadays. We You're not a fan of Alcatraz? No. Well, yeah, I guess free ticket to Alcatraz. But, you know, to, to have to go to that, I don't, I don't know if that's a benefit. Yeah, no. But also, like, at ni- they had to show it at night. It's freezing yeah. there at night. So, <laughs> so I don't know. Glad you, you can't wear that. your fancy dress. Everybody complained. Everybody who went there complained about the cold. And everybody who didn't get to go complained because they didn't get to go. There were complaints. Nobody was named, but there were many socialites who felt like there should have been a bigger socialite population and not as many celebrities. And a lot of sports stars were allowed to go. (laughs) And the socialites weren't allowed to go. Um, Favorite quote from Armando Quintero, chief of special park uses, who allowed them to do the screening and said they were asked all the time to do screenings and stuff like that on Alcatraz. And they always say no. But because the movie was shot there, they let him do it. Um, Here's the Chronicle quote. Quintero, who gets one or two requests a day to use the island, has lost track of the number of times rock promoters have called with proposals for huge concerts. They each want to call Rock the Rock. Oh. <laughs> so. You know, there, there's like some some rock promoter who's like, I've got it. The most original <laughs> idea ever. And I'll, I'll give Willie Brown the last word, um, who was also quoted in one of these party stories. I would have allowed more members of the press to visit. I just wouldn't have allowed them on the ferry boat back. So, oh, bump bump. Very Willie Brown quote. Um I think so, he has something to do with every movie ever filmed in San Francisco. Yeah. Seems to be. I'm surprised he's not in this. I know. Yeah. Um, so The Rock, big deal when it came out. Chronicle gives it a little man clapping, but it's one of those kind of tepid little man clapping that uh-huh. you feel like it got a little bit of a hometown discount. Um, I think, Heather, we're going to be carrying the weight of this. I think <laughs> we need to convince Audrey that this movie is worthy Um this is the what did we like about the rock section. Heather, I'm going to let you start. Well, I love any movie filmed in San Francisco. The car chase scene, although if you were tracking where they were driving, it made no sense. But just the spectacle of it was amazing, especially culminating in the explosion of a cable car and the amazing cable car gripman. What does he say? Rock on board, y'all. How y'all doing today? Um, And as you may have realized by now, I'm a big fan of Sean Connery, and he's great. Love the haircut scene (laughs) at the Fairmont Hotel um, when he becomes his dashing self. 
And and there's some great action there too, where um, you know he's a prison escapee. Let's right. get the basics of the okay. plot here. It doesn't take too long. <laughs> um, it makes no sense, but Nicholas Cage is a FBI biochemist, some kind of scientist. Yeah, he knows about all the stuff that can explode and like melt your skin. Yeah, and Sean Connery is the only man who has escaped from Alcatraz and gotten away with it, but he was caught, and he's basically they put him in some dungeon somewhere and threw away the key. And his hair got really long. Yeah. And an ex-general takes over the rock, is going to fire missiles to... What What did he want? He wanted to... He wanted the government to give money and recognize dead soldiers who had done secret op missions and whose widows had never been allowed to collect their remains. I don't or know. It was very the complicated. Yeah. There was some government But there were conspiracy. benefits involved. It was kind of sympathetic. Yeah. yeah, and he had a bunch of soldiers who went with him and were going to get a million dollars each and get sent off somewhere. Like like mercenaries. Yes. Yeah. Can you imagine them pitching this movie? Because we're trying to sort <laughs> of... I can't even explain it right it's now. It's very complicated. And we just watched it. <laughs> So, so you're a you're a you're a fan for the uh, Sean Connery. Yes, and the San Francisco elements. And I don't usually like action flicks at all, but this was just fun. You just have to go with it, Audrey. Okay. Well, as you all know, I'm way too uptight to just go with it. So, um, <laughs> I I mean, I agree. Sean Connery is by far the best part of this. I also. As you guys know from my intense hatred of Sister Act, the thing that drives me (laughs) nuts about San Francisco-based movies is when they make San Francisco a cliché. And I think really overall what tilts me towards this is kind of a fun movie is I think they portrayed the city pretty well, actually. I I mean, they, they aren't. There's this like vertigo-esque chase scene, which is, I think, more accurate than the vertigo chase scene. Like they're actually talking about going west on California. I'm like, you're actually going west on California. And and I so I think like even the blowing up of the cable car was kind of like, you can't be at 7th Street. Why does it say 7th Street Garage there? But overall, I think they did a pretty good job of representing the city and representing Alcatraz too, which is a really interesting place that we are blessed to have in our backyard, I think. Yeah, they, they filmed there for three weeks. Um, now they created sets in LA and a lot of this is set in LA. Um, I think more so than a lot of other films. They have little sections where they use San Francisco well, the Fairmont, there's something out near Fisherman's Wharf. And Palace then of Fine Arts. Palace of Fine Arts. Alcatraz is used a lot, but they shot a lot of this in L.A. And, and I feel like the people who created the film kind of came in here and left. I know Nicolas Cage is from here. Little Nicolas Cage trivia, his father is the man who designed the Tactile Dome at the Exploratorium. Oh, I did Really? I just blew your mind. I <laughs> wish blew I blew my mind. I wish I had I'm video now, of Audrey right now. You're now a fan of The Rock. <laughs> yeah. I'm now rethinking all the things I had planned to say about Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah. I like everything at the Fairmont Hotel. I love <laughs> the scene where he's getting the shower and the barber. Uh, Sean Connery's getting um, a shower and he's getting his hair cut and negotiating with this, these guys. And all the while, you're seeing that he's this really savvy guy who's one step ahead of everybody. And then when he throws the guy over the balcony on the Fairmont. Over the swig balcony. <laughs> yes. It wasn't even named the swig balcony at the time. It probably wasn't. But yeah, it's it's a very iconic part of the Fairmont. Love it. I mean, just for that scene alone, I think it's worth paying the $15 to go to our rock movie night on September 26th. At the Balboa. At the Balboa. 
Uh, Henry Winkler once told me that you have to say it three times <laughs> to, keep it, to get it in people's. It? I think this is two. Okay, well, we'll say it at least one. Plus one more, we're going to record in the intro. Yeah. So, um, but uh, love everything at the Fairmont scene. I really like the Ed Harris character. Ed um, Harris is amazing. He's always good. And and for all that, uh, for all of this movie's simplicity, um, and for all that his motivations don't really make sense, he sells it. And he reminds me of a lot of the Marvel Universe villains aren't very good because they're not sympathetic. There's no logic to them. He is someone who um, has a code. Um, He believes in what he's doing. He's a classic villain. Reminds me of Keaton playing the Vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm getting blank looks. You guys guys don't watch the wrong audience. (laughs) You guys don't watch the movies I watch. just that they take the time to set up his motivations, and then he's a great actor and sells it. I like Nicolas Cage in this, and oh. I know we're, we're going to get in an <laughs> argument, Audrey. I've seen so many films where he's playing this like overly macho guy who can just kick everybody's ass. I like that he's a nerd. Um, I like, listen, I'm just a biochemist. I drive a Volvo, a beige one. <laughs> listen, I'm just a biochemist. Most of the time, I work in a glass jar and lead a very uneventful life. I drive a Volvo, beige one. But what I'm dealing with here is one of the most deadly substances the Earth has ever known. So what do you say you cut me some friggin' slack? But then he turns into kind of crazy, ranting Nick Cage by the end. So you kind of get the, you know, over-the-top Nick Cage and the overacting Nick Cage, which I think is in some ways the best Nick Cage. I think the best scene in terms of the overacting Nick Cage was with the white smoke at the end. (laughs) It was, like, very dramatic. Love it. Love it. And I just, all the Alcatraz scenes are great. Um, You know, the little breakout that Sean Connery's character, uh, Mason, that he stages and um, that's actually shot there. And, and they they did a good job of not disrupting the gull and heron nests while still... Um, still <laughs> Dropping sh- bombs on the island. I actually <laughs> liked the um, interplay in the beginning between him and his girlfriend when he's saying that anybody who would bring a baby into the world um, in this day and age is cruel. And she's like, I was just gonna tell you we're pregnant. Did you mean what you just said? And he's like, I meant it at the time. And she said that was seven and a half seconds ago. Got to say, though, Great not scene. a lot of development to him and his wife's character. I didn't really buy them as a couple. And uh, you don't no, see a lot of her. No, because she was compelling and sympathetic, and he is not <laughs> in any oh. way. That's why. Okay, we're still on the positive side. <laughs> right. Let's narrow in on the car chase. Um, we've got a Ferrari, I believe. Yellow. Yellow Ferrari. Stressing me out as 49-year-old Peter, like, I'm just thinking, like, somebody's going to get hit. There's just so many insurance claims going on, these poor tourists. But I think whatever it was, 25-year-old Peter was really into the car chase. Um, One of the better car chases, I think, through San Francisco with a spectacular ending with our friend, the cable car driver. So I want to throw that in there, too. And after the Ferrari, spoiler alert, gets shredded, he commandeers somebody's motorcycle, which I turned to my husband and was like, see, it really is the best way to get around San Francisco. (laughs) I'm right. Two more names. Leonard McMahon is the cable car conductor. Oh. Shout out to Leonard McMahon. I'm trying to track him down. He's that done would like, be amazing. Yeah, two movies. and um, He looked a little familiar, it. but maybe just because I saw The Rock a long time Maybe ago. he's an actual cable car conductor. Maybe. We're going to find that out. And Dwight Hicks, 49ers safety, more blank looks. Dwight, <laughs> <laughs> Dwight Hicks. 
who uh, was on the 49er 1982 championship team. It was the secondary was Dwight Hicks and the Hot Licks was Ronnie Lott and Eric Wright. Uh, had a little acting career, and he's still acting. He's actually been in local plays recently. Uh, I know we've done a story on him in the last five years. But Dwight Hicks plays an FBI agent. That's going to mean a lot to a lot of people listening to this podcast, not named Audrey Cooper. <laughs> Another <laughs> night. No. Another night. All right. I We're like still on Sean Connery. <laughs> 88 years old, but still going strong. Yep. All right. Great movie, but there are a few negatives. <laughs> I, think, I think we should let Audrey start. Okay. Oh, my goodness gracious. I started watching it, and in the beginning part of the city has a an initial scene with Ed Harris, who I think is amazing, although he has terribly, terribly written dialogue. It's just, it's terrible. And then it's Nick Cage for so long that I started thinking, wait, do I not remember that in the 90s people couldn't act? Like, I seriously <laughs> started thinking that, and I think... Except for a few people, the acting is pretty mediocre. But specifically about San Francisco, I think it's very strange that a lot of the scenes are either the best weather that we've ever had in San Francisco or the very first scene, if you remember, it's raining in the National Cemetery. And for some reason, the sun is still shining. It's like it's the weirdest weather. They clearly had a rain machine and it was the (laughs) one sunny day in the National Cemetery. And it just it really bothered me a lot. The the other thing that I I just couldn't stop thinking is um, so the the problem is there's sarin gas on Alcatraz and they're going to blow it up over the city. And the sarin gas looks like a kryptonite necklace. It's like, is that really how they transport sarin gas? Is this like string of pearls that look like kryptonite? It's, it's how they transport <laughs> sarin gas in Jerry Bruckheimer movies. I, I guess yeah. it is, but I, I couldn't get around the fact that it was strung like a bead of pearls Mm -hmm. and 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 it was bright green and it was bright bright green green. i mean it literally looks like kryptonite um nicholas cage as i told you all i'm convinced the only movie he was ever good in was peggy sue got married (laughs) (laughs) i think that was the peak of his career he should have stopped right there i just i can't listen to him and take him seriously and the whole time I was thinking if he really was an FBI officer telling me to evacuate San Francisco because there was sarin gas I would just I would just laugh <laughs> I could not take him seriously I I like him and what I like about him is the more ridiculous the movie gets the more he commits the worst th- a movie is a lot of times w- with actors when a movie's really bad they will just be bad too because they know it's a bad movie and they're going to get through it and don't want to be blamed. It's almost like they want to be bad so that people will kind of subconsciously know that they think it's bad too. Nicolas Cage goes in the opposite direction. Um, movies like Ghost Rider, which is a horrible action uh, movie. He doubles down. He was fantastic in Ghost Rider and it's almost like it's almost like he knows that he has to elevate to give people a good experience in the movie house. And I feel like he's doing that with The Rock. I don't think it's a bad movie, but I think as the movie goes on, he's trying harder and harder to make his character fun and elevate the fun of the movie. So the other I like The him. other plot twist I thought that was very odd is his girlfriend... Uh, he invites her to San Francisco for a nice weekend because he doesn't know why he's coming here. So she comes along 
and then somehow we winds up inside the command center of the FBI, <laughs> sitting there crying while they're <laughs> like trying the to defuse the sarin gas. <laughs> it's just the strangest. Like, why is she there? Is the security so bad at the FBI <laughs> command center that they're going to let in the emotional pregnant lady? It's just. Yeah. Also, I think like in a four and a half hour movie or whatever this is, they would they would be able to explain how people are getting from point A to point B. I'm not going to fight you on that. I'll fight you on Nicholas Cage. Another thing that didn't make sense with the FBI was that they were so intent on keeping them hush, this hush hush they didn't want the media or any member of the public to find out about it and yet there, I, there was some line there would be chaos and anarchy and I was like have you been to San Francisco there's chaos and anarchy every day <laughs> but um, then to think that 81 tours would be held for days on Alcatraz not coming back and nobody would notice and that there's yeah. like all these things going on and did they tell the mayor that's what i want to know did they tell the police chief would I you mean? tell the mayor I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it made me want to ask london breed what is the plan if a crazy person takes over alcatraz what's the protocol i think we should do that just have an interview with london breed where we're just asking her fake questions about what would, <laughs> what, what would how how would san francisco react in a yes, fake movie let's get scenario. every plot that goes wrong in san francisco from a movie and ask her what she would do. I once got Jerry Brown to answer eight questions just about his baldness. So I don't think this is like out of line for the Chronicle. I nominate Heather to ask the mayor to do that. This would be a very fun column. Um, okay, so I got a few negatives. They're small. A um, hundred million, there's a little bit of like an Austin Powers, a hundred million dollars. It's like, why not just pay them? Yeah. Nobody knows. I mean, you're making up this, concocting this big story about the, the why the hostages are there. You're, why not just pay him a hundred million dollars and then, and then capture him when you drop the money off, put a little tracker on it, whatever. But this guy's going to blow up San Francisco yeah. in the middle of a, I'm not sure if it's a Raiders or 49ers game. We'll get to that later because they say the missile's going to Oakland and then it goes to Candlestick Park. Oh, yeah. that's true. So everybody complains about uh, Benjamin and the graduate going the wrong way on mm -hmm. the, the Bay, Bay Bridge. Bridge. I think it's much worse to say you're firing a <laughs> missile toward Oakland and then having it swoop over Candlestick Park. Um, I think scenes that should take a minute go on for like half an hour. They've yeah. got this problem where, I don't know what it is, it's a, it's a Jerry Bruckheimer thing. If you look at um, Jerry Bruckheimer and Michael Bay movies, they just feel like they're real powerful in Hollywood, so they have to be able to make their movies really long when they shouldn't be. This should be like an hour and 40 minute movie. Um, why not evacuate? Right. Why not evacuate? I mean, if they're gonna make up stories about the tourists, there are so many ways you could get San Franciscans to evacuate. <laughs> Just like say they opened a new Byrite in Burlingame and There's there are no Shake's lines. Shack. <laughs> Burning Man's a weekend early. Yeah, Burning, we've, we've discovered a new festival and yeah, I mean, there's so many ways you could get people out of San Francisco and they just like write us off. They're like, nah, we don't want people to panic. Panic! He's gonna yeah. blow up the city. He's got this like secret gas that makes your skin bubble, and so. Is it too cynical to think that? Uh, I part of me was like, I don't know if this happened today. If everybody would be all that sympathetic <laughs> I totally across the, the country, <laughs> when they <laughs> call like, hey, it's just San Francisco. When they call the president at the White House, and he's like, "This is the hardest decision I've ever had to make." I was like, "That would not <laughs> that be would very be. hard for the current occupant." So we have um, negatives. One more. This is a small one, but um, what's with like the roller coaster under Alcatraz? 
I want to, Heather, if we get to talk to people mm-hmm. at Alcatraz, I want to know if there's like a whole system of mine carts and laundry chutes yeah. and deep caverns. and. It was sort of like a Disneyland ride down there. Totally. It was like this huge cavern with caves and stuff, and that made no sense to me. And they're like rolling around there for half an hour going downhill <laughs> on that mine And remember cart. when Sean Connery rolls through the fire because he remembers the timing? Yeah. That was pretty cool. You know, the one thing that um, I think... All, all of our favorite San Francisco movies seem to have is a very charismatic Alcatraz guard. <laughs> um, I will say this one was not as good no. as um, oh, Sally. Phil Hartman. Yeah. Phil Hartman. And so I married an axe murderer. But why? I mean, the poor Alcatraz guards have the worst reputation on, on the big screen, I think. Yeah. I was thinking it'd be a funny crossover if um, you see Mike Myers and his best buddy going to Alcatraz and they have Phil Hartman and then Ed Harris like holds them hostage. <laughs> so negatives, we've gone through it. There are very few. No, uh, there are not Because <laughs> uh, you missed all of the dialogue yeah. is terrible we're selling tickets here audrey i know but i mean it's terrible maybe it's terrible in a good way but, but it'll be fun to watch it in a terrible crowd. in a way that'll be fun with a crowd and everybody's drinking beer and we're all just laughing at it it okay. also made me remember how um any gay character in the 90s was that exact same stereotype of the super over-the-top flamboyant hairdresser yes. um yeah. I don't think that would. He's being held hostage, and he says, "I just want to know, (laughs) did you like your haircut?" I was like, "Oh, yeah." So many people stayed in the closet an extra amount of time because of that. (laughs) Um, But the worst, worst dialogue, the worst dialogue, the worst, easily, is when um, he says to the one of the mercenaries, Nick Cage says to one of the mercenaries, "Do you like Elton John's Rocket Man?" And the guy (laughs) says. I think we got started off on the wrong foot. Stand good speed, FBI. Uh, let's talk music. Do you like the Elton John song Rocket Man? I don't like soft ass shit. Oh, you don't? Well, I only bring it up because uh, it's you. You're the Rocket Man. How do you like how that shit works? And Nick Cage goes, I only asked because. It's you. You're the rocket man. <laughs> I mean, come on. But then he fires a rocket and he hits the guy. And he I gets mean, impaled on a fence. Yeah, he cool. gets impaled on a fence. He gets hit by a rocket. It's a justifiable pun. He fired a rocket at him. I don't know. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I think you're being a little rough. On I think the, people uh, who bought tickets are going to ask for a refund. For no, that. no. <laughs> it's fun to laugh at. I, t- I was telling Heather, I laughed so hard, I woke up my son who was asleep in the next room. Yeah. So it's fun sometimes. Yeah. Moving on to our second Sean Connery tribute question. And this one's a little little more complicated. Um, I sent this last night. and <laughs> I was worried. It's about a paragraph long, but I was thinking I maybe should have made it three paragraphs. If you could take any entire classification of jobs in San Francisco and replace it with Sean Connery, what would it be? I mean, example, every Starbucks barista suddenly becomes Sean Connery's character from The Rock. Um, Every... Muni bus driver. Muni bus driver. Thank you. That was my second choice. Luckily, I've got a backup. 
So Heather, you go. <laughs> I would make all 11 members of the Board of Supervisors Sean Connery for many reasons. Finally, we'd want to listen to them all. <laughs> yes. The meetings would be so much more entertaining visually and to cover. And it would be fun to interview the supervisors because they'd all have Scottish accents. And they wouldn't just sit there talking about things forever. They would get stuff done. <laughs> all right, Audrey, you... I um, So I read this question as I came out of spin class this morning, and I thought, if my spin class instructors all <laughs> sounded like Sean Connery, I would go to the gym so much more. So my choice, spin class. That's a good one. That's good. I would find out what spin class is. <laughs> yeah. Everybody would go. I wouldn't be able to get in anymore. I thought about Muni drivers, but I thought that was a little bit too easy. And I'm also thinking, like, he's got a little bit of a temper. I'm not sure if he has the disposition to be driving a movie, disposition to be driving a Muni bus. But I think he's perfect for pedicabs. Wouldn't it be fantastic (laughs) if just, like, every pedicab guy was Sean Connery and he's just, like, riffing as you're riding the bike? And But we need him to have power. That's why I want him in City Hall. Okay. All right. All right. Well, this was a a good question. Um, (laughs) All right, so The Rock on Heather? 7 o'clock, Thursday, September 26th at the Balboa, which is on Balboa Street, fittingly. You can buy your tickets now. Cinemasf.com slash Balboa. Awesome. And what movies should we show next? Now, I feel like we started, like, Maybe a little too strong with So I Married an Axe Murderer. <laughs> Beloved Those words movie. have never been spoken before. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's sold out quickly. I, I run into people all the time who are telling me they wanted to go and couldn't get in. The Rock is actually doing very well. Yes. Yeah. I we say actually. scores of tickets already. <laughs> Many scores. Yes. Um, and uh, that's doing good. But I think we got to be careful with the next one. I don't know. Do we come back with a comedy? What should we show next? My idea is just before Halloween, we show Mrs. Doubtfire and have it be a costume contest. <gasps> oh. oh, wow. She comes up with good ideas. <laughs> I, I kind of just want to forfeit to Heather because I was thinking we need to, um, as, as the representative mothers, I think we need to do one for the kids. So I was going to pick Inside Out, mostly because I was afraid you guys were going to m- make me come to Sister Act. But, uh, <laughs> we do want to do I, Sister Act. I, I do like Mrs. But you Doubtfire. might fire us if we get in the schedule. <laughs> no, I, uh, we're doing Sister Act, but I want to wait for Sister Act because the 5M development going on next door, um, they had this drawing, they had, they had all these concept drawings, and one of the concept drawings has like this movie screen <laughs> by this park. And I'm thinking that would be the perfect place to show Sister Act. And you'd be forced to see it. Audrey, Audrey. would like go to, it w- go to I wouldn't commute. be able to avoid it. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's, that's my choice. Sister Act for there. I like both of your choices. I don't have anything better than that. I think Inside Out would be fantastic. Um, maybe as a matinee, maybe mm-hmm. as a Thursday night thing. I kind of like the idea of keeping this adult so yeah. people are drinking and enjoying the bagpipes and mm-hmm. I guess kids can enjoy bagpipes. <laughs> kids can enjoy their parents drinking too. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> but um, I like both of those a lot. I've thought about like a Dirty Harry or a Bullet, but um, I just don't know. A Dirty Harry, don't know. I, I think it's a really good movie, but I don't know how it plays in 2019 and, and uh, certainly not in this climate. So uh, cool. That's awesome. Heather, that's, <laughs> let's that's do a it. great idea. Let's do it. <laughs> 
Let's do more events. <laughs> then that way, this is really a ploy to get Peter to dress up <laughs> like, like an old Mrs. Lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which really, is there's always the subtlety of this. <laughs> what are you trying to get me to do for The Rock? Let's before we finish. Yes, we should remind listeners that it was on this very podcast when we talked about "So I Married an Axe Murderer," and it quickly became the most downloaded podcast episode that the Chronicle had ever done. You said if we sold out the movie, you would eat haggis, and we did. Yeah. And you begrudgingly ate canned haggis. Okay. So now we have to think of another challenge. I thought you, I you, thought thought you had. Yeah. I thought you, you had you've been, one. Don't act like you don't have something <laughs> and you've been slacking me. Swimming in the bay. Swimming in the bay. The morning of the of the On event. the 26th. Yeah. I bet Aaron Peskin would take you. He's a member of the Dolphin Club. See, that's where I like swimming with Aaron Peskin. I don't know. I mean, first of all, I don't swim real well, so... Aaron Peskin might end up saving me. And then, <laughs> um, why? First question: Why am I always the one who has to do the thing? Why can't you? Because we're with not Aaron going Peskin? to do it. <laughs> I ate haggis with you. You were the one who was so squeamish about haggis. Okay, I would consider the rock challenge. I would consider it with Aaron Peskin. I have a few demands. <laughs> Um, one, I wear like board shorts. That's fine. And I have an option a for a swim shirt, depending on what kind of shape I can get in between now and <laughs> September 26th. Uh, number two, um, <laughs> you have to, I have to get something out of this other than the We're sellout. selling it out. But what do you? <laughs> I'm the idea person. Okay. I, and, and actually this is true of So I Married an Axe Murderer. At any point that I want a beer, it, it just appears yeah. magically. Yes. Okay. Are you are you going to the screening? I, no, I have something else to do that night for work, unfortunately. Aww. Oh, no, wait. It's not for work. It's my kids' back-to-school night. So maybe I'll come in for the end of it. All right. Yeah. To see the Rocket Man. Let me, let me tell you something. <laughs> Your and favorite line. I come from a family of educators. Open houses and back-to-school nights biggest scam all right <laughs> the teachers don't want to see you i mean they may not mind seeing you and you probably don't want to go you can handle all this by email now and what they want and what everybody wants is supplies they have that list of the school supplies they want and all of that so just fill a box with school supplies and kleenex and disinfecting glue wipes glue sticks kleenex boxes are, are really big for teachers and just bring that the next day to the teacher, and then everything else you can get by Everything email. will be fine. All right, I'll, I'll be there. And everybody who comes can see me and say, you're an excellent editor and a wonderful mom for yes. <laughs> missing your kids back to school <laughs> night. I'll take it a step further. Show up, and we'll have a box, and it'll oh, be like a toy donations. drive, <laughs> except people can donate Kleenex stuff, donations. Kleenex, that will give to the s schools of, of San Francisco. Um, I think we've covered a lot. I think we've we've... <laughs> Converted Audrey, Heather. Yes. Congratulations. Thank Good you. work. Um, we've promoted our screening accurately. Uh, we've promoted our <laughs> screening, I think, to a good degree. And uh, thank you both for coming. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Rocket Man. <laughs> You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you, Heather Knight and Audrey Cooper. Our producer today is me, Peter Hartlob. Supervising producer is King Kaufman. Executive producer is Tim O'Rourke. And our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community. 
Read our columns and subscribe to The Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S.